You're listening to Satellite Sisters. Not every conversation will change your life, but any conversation can. I'm Leanne Dolan. Today I'm in Bend, Oregon, and I'm here with my sisters, Julie Dolan in Dallas, Texas. Good morning, Julie. Hi, Leanne. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Joel. <laughs> My I sister- just want to make that as warm as possible. <laughs> well done. And Liz Dolan, you're in Santa Monica, California today. Hey, Liz. Hey, Leah. You've had a big week. I can't wait to hear about it later on. I'm going to tell you all about the college drop-off, and now I'm officially an empty nester. So, yeah, a lot of changes. Wow. A lot of changes. Wow. That's a milestone. Hey, another milestone I want to mention is today is the first day of the rest of our lives, sisters. This is the first show for season 16 of Satellite Sisters. Can you believe it? No. That we've been at this for 16 years. Just one, six years, people. 16 years. All right. So what I say is take that, friends. They're not 16 (laughs) seasons of friends, are there? No, I mean, we're just... No. (laughs) No. Good one. (laughs) We're showing them. Oh, yeah. We're showing them. Jennifer Aniston. (laughs) All right. We have a full show today. Um, First of all, very exciting. Poldark is back. Julie and I will be doing a separate recap of Poldark, Poldark and Handsome. That will be posted as a separate show. Uh, We're excited about that, Julie. Oh, yeah. I mean, Leanne, I'm going to take up coal mining. How about you? You're not the only woman. I think it is. I think that's trending on... um, Wait, what? What? I'm going to have to listen to this recap. Liz, you're going to have to listen. You're going to have to listen. All right. Also, uh, somebody's email might have been breached. Guess who's? We're going to talk about the Yahoo breach. I did drop off my son at college. We're going to mention that. I have a TV appearance in Portland I want to tell you about this week in case you're in the Portland area. Julie, you have kind of an international news roundup. We're going around the world. Uh Uh, I have just the wackiest medical study. It's The results are crazy and how they achieve the results are even crazier. Julie or Liz, you went to see the Queen of Katwa. Is that how you yes. say it? Katwa? Katway. Uh, Katway. Katway. This weekend. I, I've been out of the country in Bend, Oregon, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know how you say it. <laughs> and then I saw the wackiest thing at a restaurant the other day. Just a guy doing something that was so unguy-like. And it made me search my soul as a female human being. Have I done this too? Have I pushed this button too often? So want to talk to you about that. Uh, but first, um, is everyone okay after the debate? Everyone okay? Everyone's head's still on. Does everyone have a head? <laughs> head, head did not explode. Julie, you good? Head did not explode? I, I'm still here, hanging on, barely. <laughs> well, uh, I, I have a few observations I'd like to make. The first is um, I think we prepare more for a single hour of podcasting each week than Donald Trump seemed to do for job interview to be president of the United States. So so just saying, you know, like sometimes you do have to dig in a little bit and, uh, you know, um, as our mother used to say, good planning makes for good fun. And so I think when you have a plan, the whole experience is more fun. I think at uh, one point, Liz, I yelled at the TV, I rehearse more for a speech to a room full of old ladies than this guy has. <laughs> <laughs> I, know his, I know his thing is seat of the pants. I know his thing is authenticity. But there's only so far you can push that. So... 
Um, I was thinking a lot about that. But then I got an email this morning from an organization that I think I might forward this directly to the Donald. Uh, This is from a business training conference for women, and uh, they wanted to sign me up for this. Um, And the the title of the training class is How to Handle Criticism Like a Pro. (laughs) And here's, here's what you can learn in this class, Donald. Remaining positive in the face of adversity, handling criticism, using it as a tool for personal growth, and ultimately achieving success. Uh, I, meanwhile, like winning. So, you know, maybe they maybe they already teach this at Trump University, but if they don't, it's only 30 minutes online, um, and, and I recommend. And that brings me to my main observation of the debate, which I think all of us being female would observe, you know, the sort of um, how to handle uh, manterrupting. You know, if you notice Twitter, anyone following Twitter uh, last night, there's quite a bit of many observations about, you know, how to handle being interrupted. What's that like? And I think I think anyone who is female, you know, has had some training in this. And I was thinking about us as children and how we were trained in this. And I think especially if you have brothers, um, you learn to deal with the kind of (laughs) in your face stuff. So, Julie, I was thinking to, you know, dinner table conversations when we were probably, maybe you were 12 and our older brothers would have been 14 and 16. And they would constantly try to goad you. There was one thing that they could always do to get under your skin. Do you remember what it was? Yes, Liz. Yeah, they had a name for me. Of course I yeah. do. Do we they have had a name. to do this this morning? Do we have to do this? Yes. No, oh, I just think it's funny because it's like, don't you think that learning to like deal with that from your older brothers when you were young actually has been a skill that has been useful in the rest of your life? Yes, it's made me bitter and harsh in many situations. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I don't mean to take you back to those dark days, but because... I'm really father- going down the drain right now, Liz. <laughs> I have our, fa- our father insisted that, you know, he believed in the importance of the classical languages and taking Latin in school. And for some reason, our brothers thought it was hilarious when they were reading Julius Caesar in school to call our sister Julie, Julius Caesar. Caesarus. Caesarus. Oh, right. Caesarus. <laughs> yes. And for some I would find that they would like they would like write it on my notebooks. They would leave <laughs> notes in my room. They would just taunt me, you know. So it was just it was cruel. It was nonsensical, and it made a lasting impression that yes. I've barely been able to cope with. Yes. Yeah, so you know how to handle criticism like a pro. And Leon, I was thinking of the taunting you received at the hands of our brother Brendan, and I say hands. Literally. Yeah. Because his number one thing to do to you was what? He would just put his hands in front of my face about three inches from my nose and say, there's no law. There's no law. There's no law that says I can't put my hands in front of your face like this. Like for years at a time, there's no law. (laughs) Yes. So I, I think what some of the media critics called Hillary Clinton's practiced serenity last night, I think we've all learned that at certain points in our career. And so there were, uh, I just enjoyed the fact that, that that took me back to our childhood and just how early we started training <laughs> and the ability to st- stand there and take it. And by the way, we love our brothers. They are delightful yes, people. They, they are lovely. 
lovely, loving, uh, you know, grown gentleman now. Yeah. But yes, there were. <laughs> it's just the way of the world. Yeah. Women have to learn how to take it. We uh, have so- literally been fighting that our whole lives. <laughs> to paraphrase. <laughs> Uh-huh. And I believe I was the tip of the spear as the oldest sisters. <laughs> yes. Yes, yeah, for sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> the, uh, anyway, so one of the things I did last night you know, was post on my Facebook page uh, what my menu was here in Lizland to watch the debate. Uh, because I had quite a little buffet of um, sushi and uh, guacamole and hummus. I had some, you know, sliced baguettes and, you know, just general crackers like tortilla chips. All and American food, Liz. <laughs> exactly, Julie. That's what I thought. Like, this is the American palate. All these wonderful things that have come to us in America from all of these different countries. So I posted that online and, and a lot of people posted what they were serving or what their actual coping strategy was for watching the debate. Because no matter which side of the political divide you're on, it's tense, right? It's, it's I thought intense. it was particularly tense yesterday. Like, I tried to, I started to walk to yoga class and then I turned around because I okay. like <laughs> before the debate. I'm like, really? you know what? I don't think I can sit through yoga. I think my head is going to explode. I was so tense yesterday. So yeah. So the the practice serenity was just not something you could call up yesterday. I wasn't interested in practicing it yesterday. <laughs> just screaming at your television set. Apparently, doing yeah. that, doing that. Well, I would like to call out, especially our uh, as our satellite sister of the week, there was a post there that really inspired me. And I wanted to share with everyone because I feel like this might be a healthy way of getting through the rest of the political season, right? With civility, which has always been a major value here at Satellite Sisters, right, Julie? You always would, you know, you're the civility challenge person. So longtime Satellite Sister Kathy Douglas um, posted this on my Facebook page. She said, I'm doing Chinese. Since I'm off wine pre-Kilimanjaro, in other words, as she posted before at the Satellite Sisters Facebook group, Kathy's about to go off and climb Mount Kilimanjaro. Oh. She's been training for months. So she said, since I'm off wine pre-Kilimanjaro, every time he says, believe me, I'm doing a squat. <laughs> and every time they mention her emails, I'm doing a curl. And when either says middle class, I have to run up and down the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. I'm sure so, she got quite a bit of training last night. I, I am sure she did. So I think we could all survive this season if we adopted uh, Kathy's rules. So that's why we're naming Kathy Satellite Sister of the Week. And Kathy, you leave on Sunday. Uh, so good luck. So this is the last time we'll be talking to you before you go. So good luck. We know how hard you've been training. It's been fascinating and inspiring to watch it on Facebook. You said in your message to me that you think you should summit on October 11th. So I want the whole Satellite Sisterhood to be thinking of Kathy on October 11th. And Kathy, I want you, as soon as the altitude or whatever allows it, to be sure to share a photo of you at the summit on the Satellite Sisters Facebook group whenever you get there. So, so well done, Kathy Douglas, for being a role model for all of us. 
That's great. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to see the pictures. Uh, so, and, and her outfit, what she's wearing. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. She posted a picture of her packing, <laughs> what yeah. she was packing. Sappy's so, yeah, got some great it. pictures on there. So, you should definitely join the Facebook group. So, <laughs> well, um, I, I may have to drop out of the Facebook group, um, sisters, because uh, I woke up this week and, uh, you know, turned on the news or, uh, and realized that there had been a massive data breach. 500 million people are involved in this um, at Yahoo, and I have a Yahoo account. So this is a record-breaking haul of personal data, of password data, and it's out there. It, it's, it's, it happened. Now, here's, here's the thing about this that, um, you know, so you wake up and you're like, oh, I better change my password. But then you read a little further into the story, and the data breach happened in 2014. And so, yeah, so it's a little late to change your yeah, password. So they're just getting around to telling us, Miss Marissa Mayer, the uh, CEO, still the CEO of Yahoo, uh, like you couldn't cough up that information a little earlier for us that, you know, 500 million uh, accounts had been breached. So, so that's bad. It seems bad. So, Julie, can I ask a question about that? Did you get any official notification from Yahoo having an account, or did you just, did you just read this in the paper? Like the rest I just of- read it in the paper. I did not get anything official from Yahoo that my you know that that this had happened. And that is uh, so crazy, isn't it? Isn't Does that, that make crazy? you mad? Yeah. So, so of course, well, I did, so I did change, I did change my password, but according to all kinds of security experts, like the damage is done. And for many people, I'm not saying this is me, but for many people that use the same password or a similar password on multiple sites, there is a cascading effect. Uh, One security researcher at Penn described it as this data breach is the equivalent of an ecological disaster because it's going to just cascade, you know, all, you know, it's not just one Yahoo mail account. It's going to cascade into multiple other accounts. Uh, so, wow. that, you know, I'm just starting to wonder if at one point in my life I had a Yahoo account. You know, you just have a lot of accounts yeah, out should, there. It's probably breached. Okay. So, so that's the bad news. So, but here's the good news uh, as far as I'm concerned. Okay. One of the other things they said about this breach is they believe it's state sponsored. Now, in my mind, there are probably only four states or governments that would be able to do this. It would be Russia, it would be China, it would be Iran or North Korea. Now, or it could be a 400-pound man on his head. I know that. I knew that. I knew you were going to say that. So you can't not say that. Yeah, say that now. It's mm-hmm. now part of the whole our, our world. It's part yes. of the public dialogue. Yep, yes, it's out there. Yes it, is. yes, it is. Okay, so you got the four main hacker states that might be doing it. So I, as as you all recall, or for those of you that are relatively new and have not spent sixteen seasons with the Satellite Sisters, I lived in Moscow for five years. So I figure all of my data when we lived in Moscow was already breached and hacked. That's I mean, a good I, they're point. just yeah. I was. Yeah. I, you know, this was the, we lived in the land of spies. You live knowing that your apartment is bugged and probably everything you do is being watched and heard. And, you know, and, uh, and so, so that, so I felt like better, like, okay, I've already been breached. So what, what more could they do? I feel the same way because I did go to North Korea. And as you know, uh, sisters, I, when I came back from North Korea, I really do believe that our satellite sisters account was hacked because we got some strange messages on it. So, so again, if it's North Korea, 
they already have the information. Now, if it's Iran or if it's China, I, I think that's more of a problem for me. But I guess I'm feeling like the data is already out there. So maybe I didn't even really need to change my password because they already knew my password. I don't know. All your passwords. Oh, oh my I know. God. And as Professor Mary has come on Satellite Sisters in the past and told us to not use the same password over and over again. And right. all the other experts say the same thing. But right. I don't know. It's awfully hard to remember all those new passwords. Right. I right. just I have to admit, just like not flossing, which I know is the right thing to do. <laughs> I'm also not using enough different passwords. I'll, I, I'll I, well, I think we all can use it. But I guess so. the impact of this is uh, we don't know yet. I mean, what are they going to do with the information? I mean, some experts are saying that they're not really trying to break into your bank account or start, you know, charging things on Amazon, but more that they want to manipul- manipulate the personal data, your personal data for some mm-hmm. other nefarious reason. So... I don't know. So well, I wouldn't mind if all of those governments downloaded all of the Satellite Sister shows we have in our archives for 16 <laughs> seasons. Oh, that would be excellent. Yeah, that would, be good. would boost our numbers, Liz? Yes, okay. it would. Yeah, that would have been, no doubt help our Google ranking. <laughs> be my guest. You know, I have a Yahoo account as well. I have sort of a hidden Yahoo account, um, but... Uh, I went to Not change, so much. I went to, I went to change the password. And I just couldn't remember what my password was. So I thought, oh, whatever. <laughs> if I can't remember it, I'm glad someone that's your it. That's your security system that's is just it. not knowing your own password. <laughs> so if you can't break into it, no one else can. That's how, I work. that's how I work with the cyber, Julie. That's how I work with the cyber. All right. This week, uh, I did drop my son off at of college. Bum, bum, oh. bum. So youngest son, Colin, went off to school in Olympia, Washington. Last week, there was a complicated drive-fly combination. My husband and son drove up. I flew up. Uh, I met them, and we had the college drop-off. And I would just like to say thank you to the Satellite Sisterhood because I felt like I was ready. My older son ended up going to school literally like 12 12 minutes from our house, two miles from our house. And the entire parent orientation was a half an hour. I mean, they just didn't want us at the art school where he goes. It's a lot of older students. It's not not a typical college situation. But Colin, it was a real, you know, orientation for him, full week of orientation classes, fun stuff, social events. And we physically had to get him to Olympia. And, you know, when we were there, I have to say, I was pretty proud of myself when it was time to go. I just said exactly what the satellite sisterhood sisterhood had said. You got this. I love you. Have fun. And I didn't Aww. I didn't slobber. I didn't sob. I, I just thought he was in the right place. So that was a great feeling, I have to say. Good work, Leanne. Yeah. All right. What was his emotional state? You know, he was really nervous the couple days before. And then he started to switch to true excitement. You know, he was excited to get the next part of his life going. He'd had sort of an extraordinarily long summer because they don't they were on the quarter system. They didn't start till the end of September. So particularly in September, that felt long when all his other friends were gone at school. So um, I I think he was just really excited. And, you know, we could have stayed, I guess. I don't know what people, parents do when they 
stay for two or three days. Like after two or three hours, we were out of things to stay. Like it was <laughs> awkward. You can't even physically fit in all in the dorm room at the same time. There are all these parents. Like we really didn't have anything else to say to him except goodbye. And uh, but it was pretty weird leaving him there. I have to say, <laughs> you're like, yeah. wow, yeah, it's pretty weird, isn't it, Jewel? Yeah. yeah. So have you heard, have you, has he called or texts or well, have he communicated? The, has he communicated? Here's the thing. I really made a vow not to bug him. Um, you okay. know, one, because I just wanted him to have the space. And two, I think as a parent, you can exacerbate any doubts they may be having. If you continue to go, how's everything? How's your roommate? Or yeah. well, he doesn't have a roommate, but how are your sweet mates? How's this? How's that? If you, if you're constantly asking them to monitor the situation, they may too closely monitor the situation. You know what I mean? Like if one yeah. thing goes wrong, it could cascade. And so I just wanted him to have the experience of, you know, just experiencing it without having to report on his findings. And, but it was killing me. I have to say, it was really hard because for years, you know, I've been mocking all those reports about parents who text three or four times a day or move to the town where their kids go to school or constantly visiting. And I just was surprised how difficult I found it to completely back off. I didn't communicate with him for four days, you know, just let him be. And the only reason I communicated with him was that he bought something on my Amazon Prime account. So I got an email. I got an email that said he bought a big bottle of hot sauce. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's the way. He's really cracking those books with his hot sauce. I, know. I was like, wow, the food must be pretty bland. So I just texted him like, hot sauce? You know, question mark? So I said to my husband, there's not some weird like cocktail they make with hot sauce, is there? This isn't. <laughs> He's not snorting it or. <laughs> no. That is um, so funny. But I did write him a couple. I sent him a card. You know, I did a few things. Aww. I was like, you know, I'm going to send him some more mail. But so far, so good. He's been there uh, more full, full week now. We he, did, he texted me during the debates last night. He was watching with a room full of kids at his college. He said, there are voter registration booths all over school. They're trying to get people registered to vote. It's a good sign there. It's National Voter Registration Day today. Uh, so we had some fun texting back and forth during the debates, but I'm trying to let him have his own space. But it's a lot harder than I thought. You know, you're used to sort of, I'm used to kind of checking in. I don't think it's in a nudgy way. So I like, hey, what's <laughs> happening? And uh, and so, and I'm just conscious. I don't want to continue to do that to make him self-conscious of everything he's experiencing. So he starts classes today. And I said in my card, like, let's let's talk at the end of the week when you've had a week full of classes. So we'll see. Okay, we'll see. that's good. But good. that seems very controlled lid like you're like you've set some goals for yourself and you're sticking to them yeah julie when you dropped your oldest son off at college like text messaging hadn't been invented yet right so oh. it would yeah no it was like a, it was like a death in the family and then i moved out of the country i literally dropped my oldest son in college and then moved to bangkok thailand like i got on the plane the next day yeah so that yeah. was that was really gut-wrenching that was uh that was hard yeah so 
Yeah. So we. So was, Leon, what are you going to do with the rest of your life now? Well, I, I to tell you, so we we took the opportunity to just come to Bend. We were in the Pack Northwest, and we thought, well, we don't really have to go home. We don't have any back to school night, parents night. You know, no kids there. We don't have a dog anymore. We may have one soon. Who knows? But you know, we could we could take this as like a working vacation in your charming little ben- bungalow here in Bend. But I have to tell you, this weekend was like the longest forty eight hours of my life. I mean, because <laughs> like, there's no. I wanted to cook for because you always like make a giant like you know a three course meal for your for your family land so you didn't have to do that right no that frees up time no right? there were no games I didn't have to bug anybody about did you do your homework did you do your college application did you do this I, I mean I just looked at my husband I said it is a good thing we like each other because <laughs> <laughs> this is a lot of togetherness Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, like breakfast, lunch, and dinner, Julie. What is that? Yes, yes, indeed. Well, you'll get you. It's an adjustment, Leanne. It's an adjustment, but after a while, you kind of like it, and then you resent when the kids come home. So <laughs> you're not at that stage yet. No, I am surprised. Like just the grocery shopping. I mean, we're going out to dinner a lot because we're semi on vacation and stuff. But I bought like some water, some wine, a tub of yogurt, and four apples. And like we, we're still we're we we have one apple. You're <laughs> good to go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just. I, I think I've loaded the dishwasher once in seven days here. That's that that is I, I'm going to be able to get used to that. So, but there is just a feeling like, wow, this we got a long life ahead of us, you and me, buddy. We been. <laughs> <laughs> now, I know a lot of women like give up cooking when their kids go off to school. They, they, they like tell their husband, okay, it's, it's cereal for dinner for the next three months. You know, they just, you know, they a clean break, you know, and maybe you should do that, Leanne. Just, you know, just really adopt completely different habits in your house. To, yeah, uh, you know, I can, I can see why you do that. I mean, I have cooked a lot of meals in 21 years, uh, breakfast, lunch, dinner, and snacks. We, we don't eat out a lot. We don't buy a lot of pre-cooked stuff. So I can see that, although that's not really my thing. Like I just, I have a hard time, like Liz, you have that beautiful new market here and it has all that prepared food. I walked in there, I was like, mm, there's nothing in here I want to buy. I just don't, <laughs> I don't operate like that. It's a lovely market. <laughs> but market, market of choice, I recommend. It's I, the I biggest I, new neighborhood amenity in, uh, in Bend, Oregon, in my neighborhood. It's like, Julie, it's like Whole Foods, but... Half the price, not half the Ooh, price, but nice. it's like yeah, not half the it's price. like a more homey Oregonian Whole Foods. Yeah, it's nice. Sounds good. Yeah, Sounds it's good. beautiful. I just like I would rather cook. Like I don't buy, but that's I'll figure that out. I mean, I am worried about the hours from four to six. I know those will be tough. One, I yeah. don't. I don't just want to start. Um, well, drinking basically, Julia. <laughs> <laughs> that. You could slide into yeah. that. That could happen, Leanne. Yeah. yeah. You need yeah. To, to pick up a sport or another hobby, Leanne. That's, yeah. I really think so. Yeah. I mean, it'll be like long hours. That was definitely an hour. My whole career, I was always home in the afternoon uh, to be there for the kids and cook and we'd talk. And, you know, I'd just stand in that kitchen for two to three hours in the afternoon. And now that's going to, it's going to be very quiet. So I'm very conscious of that. I have lined up a few walking things with friends. I've discussed this with friends. Like, we need to start going to that 545 yoga class instead of the 9 a.m. class. You know, we, we're readjusting our schedules, but um, so far, so good. So uh, I will report back when it's more than just one week. But if you're in the Portland area tomorrow afternoon, I'm doing a TV appearance. We're headed home through Portland, flying out of there. So I'm going to be on KATU. That's the ABC station in Portland. They have a new afternoon show, and I think it's called 
Afternoon Portland. Uh, <laughs> I don't really know what it's You called. can Google it. So what are you going to do? Are you going to be standing in a kitchen no, on the I'm TV? Be, I'm talking yeah. to the host. It's a brand new show. It's only, it's been on the air a week. So uh, oh, it's, at three, it's at 3 p.m. in Portland. I'm doing a segment on the empty nest. So I'll be there, KATU, the ABC affiliate, 3 o'clock in the afternoon in Portland. And then we're headed home and then we'll see. Then I'm really, I think it's really going to hit me. But uh, so far, but so But maybe you'll get a dog, Leon. Maybe you'll get a dog. This could be the time. Yeah. Oh, I, I, yeah. I mean, I'm surprised I'm not trying to smuggle a dog home on the plane. I mean, I cannot (laughs) (laughs) can see that right now. So, or maybe you just shouldn't sign up for anything right now that is a long-term commitment. You know, go the other way. That's just see how the time plays out for you. That I do feel that way. I am sure that there is a dog in my future. I don't know if there's a dog in my immediate future. Remember, I still have that feral cat. And so <laughs> that we're very close. And uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the other day she hissed at me or he hissed at me. I was like, all right, buddy, you know what? I feed you this 12 cents worth of cat food every day. I don't really think you need to hiss at me. <laughs> Just okay. Cats, you know. <laughs> well, good luck. It's a little bit the way I feel not having a job anymore, though. That it's a long day. It's yeah. So you too. You too. I'm not calling for one of you between after 4 p.m. Pacific time. Right. No. I, Julie, I've started going to the 7 p.m. deep water aerobics class at the Santa Monica College pool, just because I feel like at 5 p.m. if you don't have something else you need to do that day, you could really slide into just like drinking wine and watching the news. All yeah. Night. Yeah. Which, you know, which would not be good for me. And uh, so I'm, I'm testing that out as a schedule adjustment. It's interesting. Okay. Well, perhaps a trip, sisters, because I want to talk about some international stories. Leanne, maybe you, you know, you should plan an international trip. I know, Liz, you don't ever want to get on a plane again. Never, never. I have to thank Betsy, longtime satellite sister, lis- sister listener, for posting this story. Uh, I, I, I want to take a trip to London just to go see this. That Waterloo Station in London, they have a new feature. It's called the Fast Walking Lane. I love this. You are not allowed to use your cell phone in this lane. It's 50 meters long. I have no idea how long that is, but it seems good. (laughs) And then pedestrians have to be traveling at least three miles per hour to be in this lane. So it's just opened, but it is for fast walkers. Now, you know, I'm a fast walker and I, this is, this is my ideal, you know? So if you, if you want to look at your cell phone or if you want to go walk slowly or drag your suitcase, suitcase, you're in another lane. This is just, (laughs) just for fast walkers who want to walk fast and get where they're going. Julie, that that is perfect. perfect. That sounds good. I think they should try this in many cities. I think it would be a big success because so many people are on their cell phones. It's really slowing things down now, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, the thing that it bugs me the most when people are in crosswalks and yeah. halfway across a crosswalk, they decide they need to send a text or something. Like, what is that? Yeah. You know. And in California, pedestrians have all rights. Drivers have no rights. So once you're in the street, you can do whatever you want. Just Could you at least get to the other side of the crosswalk before you start using your phone? (laughs) Okay, we need need more of this. I'd like both presidential candidates to take up the fast walking lane initiative. It sounds good. Okay, second story, Liz. This made me think of you. Um, A Malaysian gentleman uh, recently spent... 
18 days um, at the um, at the airport um, in uh, Dubai. Um, in the uh, he no no in Singapore he was in Singapore at the air, beautiful airport in Singapore you you know that one Liz the Changi Airport yes the, the Changi Airport it's gorgeous they have like an orchid orchid garden in there he spent eighteen days now he's unemployed I guess he came to Singapore looking for a job didn't kind of work didn't work out so he's unemployed but he kind of liked the airport lounge scene. And what he did is, because he must be pretty clever, because he managed to forge 31 different mobile boarding passes for his phone, which allowed him to get into all these different airport lounges. (laughs) I guess there were three or four different terminals. He was there for 18 days, and he would just, you know, he would make a new boarding pass, go into a lounge, use the shower, free buffet, free Wi-Fi, watch TV, you know, read, you know, uh, go to the bar, whatever, and then move around. But he did this for 18 days. Now, what, fi- he finally got caught because <laughs> he had been in a one lounge like four different times, and they kind of like caught on, like, you're back again? Like, where <laughs> so are you going? Soon? You're so so soon. You're really spending a lot of time. So they started following him around. But how about that? And his his goal was just to kill time and suck yeah, up. He the just didn't free really have Wi Fi. Right. He just he just really didn't want to go back to Malaysia. He just uh, <laughs> you know didn't have a job. But he apparently has some skills that he can yeah, make these yeah. boarding passes because. The, the I mean, it's an electronic boarding pass, and even in the lounge, I'm sure that would have to be scanned in some way. So you would you, hope, I would think, <laughs> or that I, I think they might change that. For uh, I'm not sure, but that, in a way, it's diabolically clever. Like if you were if you were just trying to like network with people who might give you a job, yeah. and you wanted like a closed community of people that you can just walk up and talk to in a casual way. It's a good environment for that. For you know, not that I would ever do that because when I travel, I'm just completely in a bubble. Yeah. I do not talk to anyone. Yeah. But other people actually talk to their fellow travelers. So you could make some business connections. Maybe, that maybe that's what he was doing. I know there was a Tom Hanks movie where he, you know, he ended up stuck in an airport in the transit lounge. So, uh, so anyway, it's good. 18 days. I think that's a new record. Leon, I have a great story for you about IKEA. Now you know IKEA. I, you know you are a longtime I, IKEA I, aficionado. Yes. I guess I would say. You know you you enjoy the store. You like the meatballs, those chocolate lace cookies, uh, maybe even some of that Lindenberry uh, jam they have I going. I love that. I do, love the. Lindenberry. Do you know that that they have now three hundred and eighty seven stores in forty eight countries? Okay, that they sell. The Billy bookcase. Now I'm not sure which what which one the Billy is. I don't know whether that's the two tier two shelf bookcase or the three shelf bookcase. It's the three. They sell. Yeah, it's the, the three. The three. The th- okay. The Billy bookcase. <laughs> they sell one of those now every ten seconds around the world. <laughs> that is a lot of bookcases. Every. How could there be that many books in the world left? I thought nobody had books anymore. People I don't know what they're putting. That people are buying that Billy bookcase, and that last year. 884 million people went to IKEA. Okay. And you know how, you know, that's a lot of 884 million. That's nearly a billion people. That's (laughs) that are going 
to Ikea. Wow. It is so popular. It has spawned all, you know, people, they have their own Facebook group. There, there isn't, there's even a web series, which seems a little off, but anyway, I wanted to mention it. It is a web series called High Kia. That's H-I hyphen K-E-A. And what it is, it's a series where people take psychedelic drugs and then <laughs> attempt to assemble Ikea products. <laughs> I don't know. Sounds... You're not recommending that. You're not recommending that, but I just am passing that on. But, you know, one of the things about IKEA that people always say is there is this belief that you will graduate from your IKEA furniture to real furniture. You know, that that Mm -hmm. this is that, but, you know, that's not true. That's not true. People have, I can keep their IKEA furniture. But the big good news for you, Leanne, is that they are now coming out with a new collection called the Vitality Collection. And this is, they're bringing in high-end designers to design chic, unusual pieces that they're still going to have, you know, they're still going to come in a flat box. You know, you're still going to have to assemble these, but they're, they've enlisted a number of high-end furniture designers to, uh, to create some new and unusual pieces. Oh, well, that will keep us busy on the weekends. Then there you, this is, there you go. For yeah. empty nesters, you can just... Vitality, though, it sounds like it's for senior citizens it does. or something. Yeah. You know? Um, I don't think so. No, it's very modern, contemporary. Mm-hmm. I think you'll like the look of it. Yeah, I think so. I, and these would be pieces that are intended that you pass down to your children. So, oh wow, that's quite okay. A promise. So, got, <laughs> but again, they're priced, but they're IKEA price. I, yeah. IKEA, price, but the design is going to be very high style, very chic. So, you definitely have, want to do that. And then, just finally, hats off to the Duchess of Cambridge. Uh, I, she and her entire family are in Canada. I'm sure you've seen the pictures. I'm sure Adorable. you've seen. I've seen that diamond maple leaf brooch that she's wearing on a number of occasions. I just awesome job by George and Charlotte. (laughs) They got off the plane and they were all in that coordinated blue outfit. Excellent. That really did look nice. Yeah. Her hair, the Duchess with that very complicated updo thing she had going on and that blue hat. She, she really, she just knocked it out of the park. Now, you know, there was some, you know, there was some talk before she arrived in Canada that there might be some ca- competition from Mrs. Trudeau, the wife of the prime minister of, uh, of Canada. But um, I'm sure you saw that very ill-advised felt hat that she wore to the airport. To, uh, that, was, to, that was not good. It looked like it, she I bought did, it. I did at, not see that. Yeah, oh, I didn't yeah. It looked like she bought it at the airport gift shop. Like, oh, shoot, <laughs> I forgot to put a hat on. I mean, it did. It looked like it was yeah. just so out of context. I didn't know that was a controversy. I just saw yes. the photo and thought, that's not a good hat. <laughs> yeah, no, well, you and everyone else okay. in the world came to that same conclusion. Okay. But she is continuing to do a good job. So, you know, she's out there. She's uh, She is just creating goodwill wherever she goes, and we approve of that. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Julie, nice to have the International News Roundup back in the lineup. Excellent. It work. is. With some is. really hard-hitting stories, uh, such <laughs> as Mrs. Trudeau's um, very Ill, ill-advised um, felt hat. Yes. Yeah, normally I wouldn't comment on it, but it was it was just out of context. It looked like she she grabbed it out of the backseat of the car like, oh, darn it. You know, just really stuck out, stuck out, stuck out. Stuck well, to quote our brother Brendan. There's no law. There's no law that says you have to wear a hat just because the Duchess says, you know, she's good at it. If you're not, just let it go. I think there might be a law, Liz. Really? (laughs) I mean, 
I think if she is oh, because head- they're part of the Commonwealth, I guess that's one of the rules. And the prime minister kept touching the Duchess of Cambridge. And I, of course I say no touching. Okay. That was again, uh, not an appropriate move. He was just being a little too familiar mm-hmm. with the Duchess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. Well, keep your eye on that situation. I will. Julie. I will. Good work. All right. I have a great medical story. Uh, new study out by um, some researchers at Michigan State University's College of Osteopathic Medicine. All right, they were checking out a claim by a single patient who said, you know, I had some kidney stones, so I got on Disney's Big Thunder Railroad a couple of times, and wouldn't you know, I passed the kidney stones. (laughs) Okay? Uh, What? Yeah. There is quite a body of anecdotal anecdotal evidence of people with kidney stones riding roller coasters and then passing the kidney stones. So these researchers decided to actually check this out. And guess what, Liz? There is some scientific evidence that if you have kidney stones and you get on a moderately vigorous roller coaster, it will help (laughs) you pass the kidney stones. Okay. Now, it can't be too... Too roller coastery. It can't have too high a G force because that will actually keep the kidney stones in. But like Disney's Big Thunder Railroad, that is the perfect level of shaking and moving and going on. So here's the best thing. Here is how they tested this. Uh, you're wondering how would you test this, Liz right. and Julie? I'm going to tell you. These I was about to ask you, Leanne. Please, how I'm actually afraid to ask any follow up questions. Yeah. to this story. But go ahead. Okay. So these researchers built a 3D-printed silicone model of a kidney, all right? They filled it with urine and three kidney stones, and then they tossed the whole contraption in a backpack, and somebody rode Thunder Mountain 20 times along with a backpack full of urine. (laughs) And that is how they figured out that, yes... That does actually make a difference. It helps the kidney stones pass through the kidney, even if it's a 3D printed model. It also makes a difference where you sit, Liz. If you really want to get uh, things moving, you got to sit in the back of the car, not the front of the car. Oh, that's important. No, thank you. Now, the researchers do say, you know, this is not really a surefire way to get rid of kidney stones. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but is you, this sort of when all else fails try yeah. this is you that could what use it in addition to standard treatments not a surefire <laughs> way not, not a surefire way wow i wonder what else you could treat on uh amusement park rides Liz? i wonder how many other people are traveling with backpacks full of urine yeah at Disney too. That, <laughs> got me it thinking does like. make you think like i don't know maybe a migraine for some reason that might shake loose if you got on you know yeah. you got on a roller coaster something maybe like it's that. not a roller coaster maybe the teacups would be the way to yeah. keep the bike you know the whole- pirates of the caribbean what, what is that going to do for you <laughs> okay, good breaking medical news, Leanne. Um, all right, I want to totally switch gears and make an entertainment recommendation. Can I do that now? Yeah. Yes. Okay, I saw just a lovely, beautiful movie this weekend that I believe not only would both of you love, but many people will love this movie, both adults and kids. It's a brand new movie from Disney called Queen of Cutway. 
And maybe you've read about this. It's a just a fascinating real-life story. Um, the story was originally in ESPN magazine, and it's about a young girl. Her name is Fiona, and she lives in the shanty town of Katwe, Uganda, which is outside Kigala. And she had a teacher enter her life who taught her how to play chess, and she ended up becoming the chess champion of the whole country. So I've just made it sound like... Hoosiers, you know, or some, it's one of those. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and it is, you Liz, know, people I read, love I'm, Hoosiers. That's not a, I people love Hoosiers, Liz. They love it. Yeah. I read one review that said, if you loved Hoosiers, you'll love Queen of Cotway. And so I'm just totally stealing that. It's very, it's happy and it's beautiful, but it's sad. It's also really tense. This is, it's just beautiful movie making. It's like the actual chess matches had me on the edge of my seat and I have no idea how to play chess. Yeah. I don't know what's happening on the board. <laughs> I don't and and I'm sure they had to think of that when they sort of mapped out how they were going to do these super tense chess scenes. Like how do they make it really dramatic, even though most of the audience will have no idea what's happening. It would be like watching Hoosiers but not knowing how the game of basketball works, you know? Yeah. Uh but they did that. So the and it's just beautifully acted. The teacher is played by David Oyelowo. Oh. Um, oh, and he's so warm and great and lovely, really wonderful. The mother, so the girl Fiona, her mother is played by Lupita Nyong'o. Oh, great. And this is a really, really hard role because she she has to be sort of the mother that is afraid for her daughter going off into this world that she doesn't understand that seems overly intellectual to her or her daughter would be stolen or whatever. And she does an amazing job in that. And then the girl is played by, you know, a complete newcomer, someone who had never acted before. Her name is Medina Nalwanga. Anyway, the I really, really enjoyed this movie, as did everyone in my theater. Like, it was the kind of movie where people clapped and cheered at the end. Oh, that's good. Uh, okay, that's a good that's a good recommendation, Liz. And it's by the director, who was someone that, you know, just always goes see movies by Mira Nair. Oh, that would just, oh it's just, Mira Nair. Oh, yes, I didn't know yes. that. Oh. And, and the amazing thing is, Leanne, that she lives in Uganda. She is really? Indian. And has made a lot of movies in the United States, but she actually lives in Uganda now. Oh. And so the the thing, one of the things I loved about this movie, because, you know, I, I've spent a lot of time around in different parts of Africa and like big cities in Africa. I've never been to uh, Uganda, but I have been to Nairobi, Kenya, and Kibera is the big sort of slum shanty town that surrounds Nairobi. And this... Um, Catway looks a lot like Kibera looks. And, but because she lives there, she like brings out a beauty to it and a liveliness to it. So for as sad as the situation is for many of the people that live there, she also like with the music and the colors and the costumes and you see all the small little shops and things like that. Anyway, really, really well done. So, um, and I think it has a PG rating, but this is not my area of expertise, but I don't understand why, because I, I would think the kids would really love this. Maybe they, maybe they think that seeing the sort of desperate poverty in Cotway would be unsettling to kids. But I'll bet if you guys saw it, you would also say that, like, Julie, your granddaughter Alice would love it. Anyway, Queen of Cotway, I recommend 
If you love Hoosiers, you know, <laughs> okay, Liz, you'll love Queen of, Queen of Cotway. And it, it just opened up last weekend. And um, so, I, but I'm not sure how widely, but I'm guessing it will get to every town sooner or later. So add it to your list. Right. So Mira Nair did Mississippi Masala, Monsoon yes. Weddings, Halam Bombay. So yeah, she's a very talented director. Oh, that's right. She, she did The Namesake, right. which is another movie that I loved that starred Cal Penn that was about the Indian immigrant experience in the United States. So um, yeah, she's just amazing. Top-notch, top-notch director. All right. Great recommendation, Liz. Good work. All right. I have one. I'm going to make this, try to make this quick. This behavior I saw at a brew pub here in Bend, Oregon. It sort of shocked me and then also made me think, huh, do I do that? And here it is very quickly. One of the problems with having been a waitress like I was is mm-hmm. that I, I have a, like a hyper sense when I go into um, restaurants. I can't really turn it off. Like I look around the room and I can see <laughs> if the waiter's getting slammed or how, how far down Tables the line. Tables need to be bossed. Yeah. You, you, yeah. yeah. Okay. How, far lo- how far down the line our order's going to be. I, I just like <laughs> notice that stuff and I just can't turn it off. And I'm sure other waiters and waitresses, former or current listening, will get it. Like you're just aware of the rhythms of a restaurant. So even though I was carrying on a conversation with my husband, uh, I was aware that next door, at the table next door to us, there was a, a something happening. And here's, here's what happened. And then the reaction of the gentleman was ridiculous, I think. Okay, so it was a couple there, maybe a husband and wife, I don't know, maybe boyfriend and girlfriend. It was like 3.30 in the afternoon on a Tuesday. And uh, he apparently ordered the special the special wrap, Liz, but they brought him the special burger. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. It could happen to anyone, right? Just yeah. remember, we're in a brew it's pub a in Bend. Okay. This is not the Four Seasons. You know, this is. <laughs> There's a brew pub in Ben. The waiter was a little slammed. It seemed like maybe the other waitress had just been let off her shift, as I noted, because a lot of tables were seated and he was working pretty hard. He just got one special mixed up for the other. So the gentleman in this order, he had ordered the special wrap. He begins to give the waiter the silent pouty treatment. Okay, the waiter is trying to make amends. He goes, oh, okay, I'll, okay, I'm just going to leave this delicious burger, which I had. I ordered this special burger. It was fantastic. I'm going to leave the burger. I'll go get you your wrap. The guy brings the wrap over. This is a grown man. He is 30 years old, and he looks away, and he just pouts his lip. He won't even make eye contact with the waiter. Okay? What is that? The wife... The wife slash girlfriend is humiliated. Now she has to apologize to the waiter. He won't even turn his head. And then at one point, she signals for a box. Like, he won't eat either the burger or the wrap that he's ordered. <laughs> oh, no. Not touching either one. She signals for a box. The waiter comes over, apologizes, like, for the hundredth time, wraps up the wrap. Man, still looking away. And, Julie, you've been married a long time. I've been married a long know. time. You know that look, don't you? That yes. <laughs> I'm not yes. acknowledging you. I'm just looking off into the distance. You're <laughs> talking, but I am not acknowledging you. But I'm not going to tell you what's wrong. I'm just going to look off. Wraps the wrap up in a box. The guy, the manager comes over. It's a small town. She clearly knows the woman. And the woman's like, the woman is now apologizing for the boyfriend or husband. Like, the yeah, situation is out of control and embarrassing. And then, guess what? He gets up. He leaves. 
the wrap on the table and the oh, burger. Gosh. Oh, so yeah. in a class, I hope you grabbed it. <laughs> oh, I didn't have to. You know why? Because I'm thinking this. I'm going. Well, that's going right back to the kitchen to the dishwashers, and they're going to be psyched. Because again, yeah. Liz, I worked at a restaurant. So as yeah. soon as the guy leaves. The waiter, the manager, the bartender, everyone's howling at this idiot. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry, buddy. Much of the wrong thing. But really, are you just going to leave it here? Now you're probably really starving. You just cut off your nose to spite your face, and you left us all this delicious food. Okay, thanks. He should stay at home. Just, you know, order a pizza. That's it. He shouldn't I, go out. I, I, I mean, just, I think there are people that really just don't belong in restaurants, Lynn. I he just, sounds like one. It made me think of, like, how ridiculous I must have looked giving people the silent treatment, mainly my husband over the years, you know? I just <laughs> like... Wow, is that what the silent treatment looks like? That's not a good look. <laughs> that is not. And I also thought, like, if she's not married to him, when she leaves this restaurant, she should leave him immediately. Like, not even get in the car with him. Because if he can't handle, like, getting the special burger instead of the special wrap, that's just right. not a good long-term thing. Right. I've just never seen a grown man give another grown man the silent treatment. It's kind of... <laughs> so. There you go. I don't know. That is amazing. Yeah. Well, I also appreciate the fact that you are following all of this nonverbal communication, even as you are continuing to talk to your husband. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have no idea what my husband was saying. Not unless I just was doing a lot of nodding because I was really, really paying attention to pouty next door. Grown men. It's not good. It's not good. And it made me rethink. It's not good for me either. Not good for me either. All right. That's good. Um, so there's some personal growth in that for you. There Lee. is, Liz. There, I think yeah. that's why I shared the story. I feel like we should all maybe rethink the pouty silent treatment. It's not that effective <laughs> when witnessed by a third party. That's all. And you're still hungry at the end. What an idiot. <laughs> I mean, that burger was delicious. 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 <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's everyone doing this week? Well, I know I'm going to Portland. I'm gonna, and then I'm finally going home to Pasadena. Liz, you you actually get in the car right now, and you head. That's right, to Oregon. As soon, as soon as we hang up, I'm getting in the car and driving to Bend, Oregon. And one funny thing, like I got up early this morning to be ready to do that, and then also to prepare for the show because that's what we do here. We prepare for our podcast and there's some actual homework involved. Mm -hmm. But as, as part of my preparation to leave as soon as we're done, I took my microphone, my laptop and everything and put it in the bag to take to Oregon. And then when it was time to prepare for the show, it was like, oh yeah, oh, I'm <laughs> then I had to unpack everything. I had just unwittingly packed everything I needed for this morning's podcast. So, but yes, that's the case. I'm driving to um, Oregon because at the end of this week, this is very exciting and something I have never done before. Former colleagues of mine, like way back in the day when I worked at Nike in the corporate communications department, you know, it was a young department, but that was many, many years ago. So lots of people have come through that department and are they still there or still in Portland or gone on to all of these other places all over the world. Well, one of those people who was an alum of that department decided to organize a reunion of everyone who's ever been in the department. Well, how perfect, Liz, and you can go. Okay, great. I'm available. Exactly, Julie, I'm available. So it, I'm really kind of excited. The So Friday night, uh, we're all getting together for a big dinner in Portland, and then there will be, you know, 
hilarity and festivity uh, and all the rest. So I'm very excited about that. But one of the things that's funny is um, Lee Weinstein, who started, uh, who organized the whole thing, he runs a PR agency now in Oregon. He also started a Facebook group for us, one of those, you know, private ones. So it's just the people who are in the group and everyone has been posting photos of all of the years and things, all the, the crazy things we did together. But I was there so many years ago that it was before cell phones or camera phones were even invented. So I've got nothing. (laughs) Everyone else, like after the year 2000, seems to have all kinds of photographic evidence of the work they did and the places they went and whether it's sporting events or whatever. And and I really have nothing. So I'm a little bit embarrassed about that. uh, But looking forward to seeing both my own former colleagues and people that have come and contributed long long after I was gone. So don't you think that sounds fun? Yeah, sounds work good. reunion. That sounds really fun. Excellent. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good. And I'm doing my own prepping over here. I've got Grandparents Day on Friday. Okay. Oh. For my youngest uh, grandson, Peter, I plan to win Grandparents <laughs> Day. That's all I'm saying. Urban Nana. <laughs> What is the scoring system for Grandparents Day? It's very subtle. It's subtle. You got to, you just, you got to like, you know, to have, that I have the best relationship with my grandson, that we have the most fun of any grandparents (laughs) at the event. And, uh, and that he perform, he and I perform at a very high level in any group activities that we're called on. Yeah. Wow. Okay. We're prepping. Okay. (laughs) In training for Grandparents Day. I like it. Good luck with that. (laughs) All right. Well, we are the Satellite Sisters. We want to welcome you to our 16th season. Remember, our Poldark podcast will be a separately posted podcast, so you can download both this one and Poldark. Next week, somehow, we also have to do Madam Secretary. I mean... Julie, that's good. We're going to be busy. That's busy. Yes. I'm, ex- I'm excited, though, for the new season of Madam Secretary. I've been following Taya Leone on uh, Twitter, and she appears to be working very hard. Very hard. I bought, I bought a shirt with one of those ties, those loose ties, <laughs> Liam. So I'm ready for the season. Okay. I'm giving you the pouty treatment now. Like, really? <laughs> <laughs> you just wait. It's going to look good. <laughs> I, I have no doubt, Jill. I have no doubt. All right. Uh, have a great week, sisters. Liz, have a safe drive. Thanks, Leanne. Julie, good luck at Grandparents Day. And Thanks, don't forget, Leanne. call your satellite sister. <laughs>